Welcome back to HBRV Lifestyle, the podcast. Here on Spotify, Amazon Music, and other platforms as well. We also have started a YouTube channel called HBRV Lifestyle Podcast. It is separate from the YouTube channel HBRV Lifestyle, my normal channel. It's going to be a separate channel. I'm going to record these podcasts for a while and post them on YouTube, um, obviously with me on it, with a headset and everything else. Today, this honey badger, who's going to give you two straight in the RV business, has a couple of announcements to make. First of all, with a very heavy heart, I am leaving the RV retail business and I'm heading to the factory side of the business as a factory sales rep for the West Coast. My territory is going to be Oregon, Washington, California, Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, and Alberta. So nine states and three provinces. Now, most of you are probably wondering why I'm doing that. Well, I'm here to announce who my former employer is about to be, and that's Camping World of Vacaville, California. Camping World was has always been a sore subject amongst not only consumers, but also RV people in general. When I told a lot of people I know in the RV business, in the retail side, from guys that I've sold with, guys that I've been managers with, the people I've done finance with, every hat I've worn at an RV dealership, when I told them that I was going to accept the job as a sales manager at Camping World, they all thought I was an idiot. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is not the case and not the reason why I'm leaving. I'm leaving Camping World and the RV retail business because what I haven't discussed prior that nobody knows about, but I'm willing to share here not only on the podcast, but also on the YouTube channel, is that my dream job was to be a factory sales rep selling to dealers. A friend of mine named Ryan Scott, another friend of mine named Archie Rodriguez, have kept me going down that dream. It's been something I've hunted for since late 2017. We're in mid-2022, so almost five years I have chased this job. Now, I stopped looking right before the COVID lockdowns because 
I found out it's a very difficult job to break into. It's a difficult career to break into. I don't know the right people. I know a lot of the reps. I know a lot of the players. But I'm not in Indiana. I'm in California. I'm not in Idaho or Oregon or Iowa. I'm not in Michigan. I'm not on the front step of one of those jobs. I'm not in the factory every day in front of bigwigs learning and proving myself. I'm from the retail business. I'm from the dealership business. So I stopped looking. And to tell you the truth, how it all came about is my friend Archie calls me and says, are you still interested in being a rep? I said, yeah, but it'll never happen. Coachman, I won't tell you the brand yet. I'll tell you the brand when I'm a little more specific on things. I could tell you it's a small travel trailer. Talking with those guys and how quickly this moved, it was like, wow, this is going to happen. And it happened so fast. It felt like it happened within 48 hours. I was, boom, pay plan in front of me, offer letter signed, and hired. As long as I wanted the job. So I've been offered the job of my dreams. And I've taken it. I've accepted it. And it's one of the hardest things that I've ever done. I mean, it happened so fast. I didn't even blink and it happened. God, it had to have been less than 48 hours. It's crazy. My wife always told me to keep a positive attitude about it. it's going to happen one day. You pursued it long enough, it's going to happen one day. And she was right. She's absolutely right. The hard part is for me is where were we four months ago? But that's a different story. But let me go back to Camping World. I, and I, I want the audience to understand that working for them for the last couple of months has been an absolute privilege. I got to see some ins and outs of how that corporate monster, that corporate publicly traded company monster runs on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and, and the daily grind of the daily chaos of it. And let me tell you, if you're listening to this and you're one of my boys that's in the retail side of the business, if your company got bought out by Camping World, it's not the end of the world. It's not the devil like we all were told it was. It's just different. The expectation is you to just do your job. The expectation is that you 
uphold to certain standards when it comes to your language, the way you treat people, the way you talk to customers. You're held accountable if you do something stupid. Now, when I was with Giant RV, loved working for Giant RV because I got to be the badger. I got to be the honey badger. I'd give them some fake name. So if they called into the, the dealer hotline to complain about me, they go, oh, we don't have anybody that works here by that name. Especially if they pissed me off. I was young and dumb. Can't do that with Camping World. The other thing that you really got to look at is... They look at things differently. They don't put trade-in values in the, in the hands of a manager. They give you a guideline from corporate. It's an amazing process. I can't go into detail about it, but at first, you're thrown off because you're used to basically being in control of everything. And then you realize when you let go of a little bit of control that the process kind of takes care of itself because the company will always do the right thing for the shareholders and will do the right thing by you and the rest of the employees. But it's not easy. Especially if you're used to making silly money on 100% commission, it's a different type of pay plan. So I have nothing but great things to say about Camping World and working for Camping World. At first, I thought, when I first went there, I'm like, just get through 10 years. Just get through it. And then, like, it grew on me. Like, okay, yeah, there's some things I don't agree with, but for the most part, when all the pieces of the puzzle are moving the, the right way, it's actually a wonderful place to work, especially the Vacaville store. You have a lot of people there that have worked 10-plus years at that store and never left. And, and, you know, with this big turnaround of events, you know, it makes you kind of sit back and, and think. And this is where I want to get into something I talk about in my other podcast, which is you got to follow your dreams. So I've thought I sat down in my mind over two days and made a pros and cons list. Pro number one, as I went through the pros and cons of staying camping world and pros and cons of stay, going to work in the factory. The money's better at the factory. Freedom is more accessible at the factory. Travel is more accessible at the factory. You're probably wondering what I mean by that. 
Well, what I mean by that is there are summer shows everywhere and I can take my kids and my wife, pack them in the car and say, we're going to go to this show at this state in this city. Drop me off at the show. You girls go travel around and we can do a little bit of sightseeing, see cities that we haven't seen, areas we haven't seen. My wife has never really traveled that much in her life. It opens up access to more stuff. And the hardest part is when, you know, I, I got to give the general manager of that store a lot of credit. He made me really think about it because I almost, I got to give Phil a lot of credit. Phil is a very good man and a very good manager and a very good manager of people. And the one thing I really, he had got me thinking about was, what if I could get you some more money? What if I could get you that freedom to be able to spend more time with your kids? What if I could, what if I could, great sales pitch. And then I thought about it for a minute. I thought about two aspects. And if Phil, if you listen to this, you know, um, you're a good man, dude. You're really a good guy. And, uh, you know, you almost had me. You almost did. You almost had me. But then something came back to my mind. The first thing that came to my mind, and I told him this, was my father. My father was a very regretful man. Died at the age of 42 of cancer. Within five months of being diagnosed with cancer, he died. Now, when I, I, was, I was 18 years old when he passed away. I was actually on my way into the military at that time. I had torn my knee up so bad I couldn't play college football like I wanted to. I couldn't play for Arizona State like my scholarship was lined up to do. Baseball was out because I lost all my power in my fastball when I tore up my knee because all my power was in my legs. It wasn't in my arm. I didn't have a talented arm. I was throwing 92 to 94 miles an hour and it was all in my legs. On the push off. But one of the things that I learned about my father was that he was a very regretful man at the end of his life. Obviously, for reasons that are more personal, I won't go over, but for the things that are a little more we'll call it easy to be transparent about. We'll start with the fact that he worked for a company that worked on the medivan ambulances, and he also worked for DeLorean. So if you guys have ever seen Back to the Future, that's the DeLorean. And of course, as we all know, both companies went out of business in the mid to late 80s. In 1988, the beginning of 1989, my father was invited by the state of California 
to stop being an auto mechanic. That's all he did for years. For the first seven, eight years of his adulthood, he worked on cars. We owned a home by March Air Force Base in Moreno Valley, California. We were living a middle-class lifestyle at $28,000 a year. And if you included my mom working, you were talking about probably around thirty-four to thirty-six grand a year coming into the household. Now, in 1988, 87, 88, guys, that was incredible money. That was straight-up middle class. And my dad was, after this whole thing went down with Medivan, was offered a job with the California Highway Patrol to go to each station in California. And his job, watch this, folks, his job would have been to teach other mechanics how to work on the police cruisers how to work on the SWAT vehicles, how to work on anything that had to do with a Ford, Chevy, or Chrysler motor. $56,000 a year in 1989 plus full benefits. My dad turned it down. He told my mother that his dream, even though it has a dream come true type of job for him, he'd rather open up his own shop. So my mom supported him in all this. The end of the story is he never opens up his own shop. Dies broke with bad credit, no money, died a very angry, resentful man. And the reason why we found out about this resentment was through a journal that he wrote that he started about a month into his chemo. They said it would help him get through the bad times. But reality is, from what I've read in life as I've gotten older, is that's just one of the stages of death is, is coming to terms with your life. So it turned from something therapeutic into a step to his own death. But I learned a lot about him, and I promised myself that I was never going to let opportunities like this happen. I was never going to be my father in that respect. So at the end of the day, yeah, the money's a lot better. And yes, I'm chasing money as well as anything. But I'm also chasing a dream. Not only is an opportunity to grow a brand, make more money, grow a business, 
not only is it an opportunity to live wherever we want to be on the West Coast, not only does it give us the flexibility to be able to actually take vacations, not only is it an opportunity to work from home one to two work weeks a month, not only is it an opportunity to film more stuff for YouTube, for the YouTube channel, the HBRV Lifestyle YouTube channel, the Instagram, the TikTok account, has the opportunity to do more growth because I'll be in more places. I'll be able to film more inventory, do more walkthroughs, do more reviews. I'm going to have more freedom to be able to edit video and record the podcast. I can do the podcast on the road and have guests on the show. There's too much opportunity to go back. And I feel bad a little bit because I do like working for Camping World. And I know I keep a lot of who I work for very much a secret. And this is probably the first time you've ever heard me say it. But I really liked working there. And that's what probably made it the hardest thing and the hardest decision I have ever made. Because I wasn't looking. I wasn't searching. I wasn't seeking. All I did was allow an opportunity to present itself because I was open-minded about it. And I took it. And to me, it's very exciting. It's well worth the journey. And, and, and what I'm going to leave you with is if I can follow my dream, you can follow yours. If your goal and dream is to own an RV and go camping, stop waiting. Stop procrastinating. Make it happen. We only have one life to live in this world. It's time to start living it. Don't forget, you can listen to this podcast every Monday. I release every new episode every Monday. It gets spread through Spotify, Amazon Music, and other platforms as well. Apple, I believe, is about to have it on their site. We also are recording for the new YouTube channel. It's HBRV Lifestyle Podcast is the channel name. I just started rebuilding it. <laughs> Very exciting. And then if you want to see my normal YouTube channel, of course, it's the same name as this podcast, HBRV Lifestyle. 
but instead it just doesn't have the podcast in it. You'll see my ugly mug and all the thumbnails. I do everything from walkthrough videos to finance videos to everything that has news related with the RV business. The other good news about this new job is that I'm still going to be able to keep up with all everything and actually have more and better information about the RV business. Rather than getting a second hand or third or fourth hand, I can probably get it first or second hand now and pass that information on to you. Because as you guys know, if you guys are becoming fans of this podcast, fans of me, fans of my channel, fans of my social media, there's a reason why they call me the honey badger. And it isn't because I don't care. It's because I, I don't care about you or don't care about the businesses. I don't care about boundaries. They pretend there's this big wall between the RV retail business and the consumer. I'm breaking down that wall to give more transparency. I'm bare, unbearing and breaking down that wall because I want to give it to you straight. Because if I give it to you straight, you're going to be happier at the end of the day because you're going to feel like you're getting screwed over. And number two, the dealer's going to end up happy. They won't end up happy right now, but they're going to figure out later, holy crap, I'm making more money. You make more money in the RV business when you're not playing games and when you're being honest with people. Game playing and not disclosing things does not help you make more money. It just pisses people off. The other thing I really want to be clear about is that, yes, I do make a little bit of money doing this. $109 is the most I've made in a month in ad revenue on my YouTube channel, HBRV Lifestyle. It will grow. I want it to grow. I want to make money. It's a passive income. I'm excited to have that growth. And I think I should be paid to give you my knowledge, but I don't necessarily think you should pay. Google pays me because of the YouTube ad revenue. <clears throat> it's free to subscribe. It's free to follow me here on HBRV Lifestyle, on the podcast. It's going to be free to re-watch it on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube and you're seeing my ugly mug, This is something I'm growing. Nobody pays me to do it. And the day I get sponsors, if I do get any, I'm going to stay loyal to you, the fan. I'm going to stay loyal to you, the consumer. And I continue, even though I'm leaving the retail side, the dealership side of the RV business, I'm still going to give it to you straight. Every single week, every single day, on every single platform, every day, that is my promise to you to give it to you straight in the RV business as usual. And that as usual will never change. Now, hopefully, pretty soon here in the next 
14 days, I'll be in Indiana. Maybe I'll do a little filming out there. Maybe I'll do the, I'm going to do the podcast out there. I know that much. I'm going to record the podcast in the hotel room or the Airbnb or wherever they set me up at. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a challenge to grow a territory, maintain a territory, and grow a brand. And grow a brand of a small travel trailer that's evolving itself into what the current market, the current down market needs right now. It needs a cheap trailer, a cheap camping trailer that doesn't feel cheap. It needs a company and a brand and a factory in White Pigeon, Michigan, that's goal at the end of the day is to take care of the customer because they know and I know and dealers know that you have to take care of the customer for them to want to buy another product from you. It's called customer retention. And the new service side that they're goal implementing on, which I'll expand on as I learn more, is going to make this business and that brand be the premier brand in travel trailers across the United States. Do not be surprised if it's a, by the time I'm done with it, by the time the dealers are done with it, and by the time my bosses are done with it, that this isn't the best brand of travel trailer on the customer service side of things in the industry. I believe in these guys. These guys, the, the, the plant manager, the sales manager, we may have different personalities, but our minds click and our minds think alike. And that's the other thing. It's so hard to find, guys. It's the one thing that I'm, I'm so excited about is I have a group of guys, a group of people that are on the same page and on the, I'm on the same page with. And that's very rare because when you're in the dealership side of things, you have your diva. In the case of most places, I'm usually the diva. And I'm not that much of a diva, but I'm pretty close to it. When I was working with my partner Doug at Beaumont RV and my buddy Greg, my buddy Sean, I was the diva. I was the big fish in the little, little pond. But I wasn't like, throw me a birthday party. Let's throw a birthday party in the dealership for me. I wasn't like that. I just thumped my chest and I spread my feathers like a peacock going, yeah, baby, I'm sexy. Anyway, next week, I'll be releasing episode number five, and I'll update you guys. Until then, stay cool. It's hot as can be in most places in the country. It's I've been sweating my, I feel like I've been in a bloody furnace and oven the last couple of days up here in Northern California. And, uh, 
just follow your dreams, guys, and have a really good week.